Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, We are going to have what for some of us uh, is probably a dreadful conversation, but for some of us is actually a fun conversation around church finances today. And we're going to do that uh, having just approved our church's operating budget yesterday uh, at our annual general meeting. And we're going to do that with, uh, I would introduce you differently now, Kath, uh, (laughs) with our acting ministry services director, Kathy Vandriel. You've been here before, but I'll say uh, welcome in this new capacity and welcome back, Kath. It's great to have you. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. Um, I want to get into your new role in just a moment, but first things first, let's just do the personal check-in. Uh, it's been a while since you've been uh, participating in one of these, so how are things going? Talk about COVID, talk about your home life, How how's everything going in your world? Sure. I would say all things considered, things are going pretty well. Um, as I've mentioned when I've been here before, my husband is a frontline worker at the shelter here, and... In the last few weeks, it's been additional challenging with Omicron as the world has faced that and just what that means in his world. So then what that means for my world and at home is just trying to support and just allow for space at home to feel all feelings and just be a place where he can rest and recover. So that's definitely been um, the recent version of COVID for us as well as we're maybe getting a little late on the game of the COVID puppy, but in a few weeks we'll be getting a a new dog because in the fall, unfortunately, we had to put our dog down. So we're getting in on the COVID puppy in a couple of weeks. So we're gearing up for that again. Wow. That's going to be massive. Mm -hmm. Um, For leaders outside of Southridge who are listening, when Kathy refers to the the shelter, we have a a 24-7, 365-day homeless shelter out of one of our buildings. Her husband, Dave, is a resident service manager there, works on the front lines, as she said. And in the last few weeks, in this whole pandemic, the last few weeks really have been the most intense when it comes to outbreaks in our shelter among our residents and our staff, hasn't, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that, uh, aside from navigating the pandemic, certainly uh, has has added some, some stress and adventure in your world. Yep. Um, other than the puppy, do you want to comment on anything that's fun these days? Um, something I find it fun, although I'm not, I'm terrible at it, but I enjoy it, is just trying to keep, you know, things exciting or exercising and stuff like that, being home, doing something different. I've started doing like these dance workouts on this fitness platform that I'm a part of, and I'm terrible, but it's super fun and it's just helpful to kind of release and deal with all the stress. So I've been enjoying kind of being ridiculous and doing that. So it's been fun. Do you do those like in the morning, like a workout or in the evening after two glasses of wine? In the evening, fully <laughs> sober. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Hey, I uh, want to talk about this new role. This has been a major development around here. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's get your version of your experience of this story and then I can kind of sure. comment from my seat. Sure. So my version of the story is... I'll go back a little bit further, actually, like this role in my time here, so I've worked here for 15 years, has been open a few times. And a few times, one time in the past, I have put my name forward and it was just felt, which I would agree, I wasn't ready at the time for the decision. And then another time, I just, I didn't even feel like 
it was something that I should be just um, just be going for, I guess, at that time or whatever. So, but then this recent time when the position opened again, I just felt this like kind of, you know, that restlessness or just that kind of, Ooh, I should, this feels stretching, but I feel like I want to go for this, but I didn't really tell people actually for a long time, just cause I kind of talked myself out of the idea a bunch of times. Um, and then talk to some people who know me and who know the role and just to try to discern even this is a good idea for me to be continuing to consider this because I obviously wanted the best person for the role. And if people felt it wasn't me, then I wanted to be open to that input as well and also open to the idea that maybe it could be me. And I definitely danced around the idea of putting my name out there. I don't know that I directly said it to you, but, you know, I said it kind of in a roundabout way a few times. Um, and we were even in the process of interviewing somebody else. And just through the course of that, even as we discerned that, I think uh, the idea of an, of an internal promotion is something that we value. You had actually come to me with the idea of using the words acting ministry services director to give this a try of even just kind of taking the pressure off, I think all of us to maybe feel like this is something that is a make or break type of situation that we can try it out and see what happens. And so that's where we are right now. Yeah, if you're listening and you're unfamiliar with the language that we're using, ministry services is basically our operations department. So Kathy, for the better part of these 15 years, has been a team member in that department, in that ministry team, in the roles of, of finance and HR. And uh, in this last round, we got pretty, pretty far down the road uh, with a candidate and did some almost like final interviewing in conversation with you as sort of the veteran presence of the existing ministry services department. And it was even in that conversation where they were asking you like, how come you haven't applied for the job? Yeah. You know, maybe you should be considered for the job. And, and, and almost there was like talking me into it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then when we started to, I remember we talked with one of your teammates, they said like, if, if Kathy's going to play, a supportive role in orienting a new candidate for a period of time, like who's really going to be leading. Right. And so it was, it was through kind of events like that. And you mentioned the word acting. It was just reading, whether it was online or, or the newspaper um, one of the days, you know, our, our acting medical director who's been navigating the pandemic here in Niagara, Mustafa Hirji, I've always stared at that title. The whole pandemic, he mm. continues to be this acting medical director, acting medical director. I'm like, why do they have him as the acting? Like, he's the medical director. But but I guess, you know, in, in, in that uh, regional government environment, you know, there are these interim temporary positions uh, that are kind of on ramps or, or not proving grounds, but, you know, almost sure. uh, uh, experiments. And so to kind of take the pressure off all or nothing, you know, pole vaulting mm -hmm. into the role, our conversation was, hey, do you want to give this a shot, even in an interim way, kind of loosely specified in its timing, but uh, you've, you've, uh, you've dived in and mm -hmm. uh, can I say that you're having fun so far? Or is I it, am, yes. Is it, is it hardly recognizable because we just finished the AGM and the audit season? So uh, Yeah, I, I'm, not that it isn't stressful, I love it, or like a lot, but I'm having fun for sure. In this new responsibility, I mean, you've been a ministry services director, team member for a decade and a half. 
What now are you hoping to contribute in this new way? I think for me, what I hope to contribute is just my passion. And like oftentimes I, in the years past, I've got myself into these conversations or into situations where I just have thoughts or inputs on like how we as a church just can run better. Like as part of even this process of talking about the role is the idea of someone who just wants our church to run well, like the behind the scenes things to run really well. And I actually feel passionate about that. I actually, that matters to me and it frustrates me at times when I see that it, it doesn't for various reasons. And I just want to be part of helping make that better. And I think that's a huge part of what I bring to the role and what I'm excited about. And I honestly, like, I care for our church community by caring for the details. Like, that's how I have viewed my role all the years that I've worked here. And so I just hope to bring that kind of in a more expanded way um, in this new role. Yeah, what you've certainly brought over the years is the 1 Corinthians 12 value that, you know, some of the parts that are least visible are most critical, that Mm -hmm. prominence and significance are different. And you've really, I think, redeemed in a lot of ways and and elevated the profile of behind-the-scenes contribution, which this ministry is. Ministry services is kind of the the guts or the bones or the muscles or whatever you want to call it. Sure. You don't don't see it's that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, really the engine that that, that makes the church run. And, uh, you know, for those from Southridge who are listening, who are wired for more behind the scenes contributions, by all means, reach out to Kathy and uh, talk about how you can plug in and make a very significant contribution, even though it isn't necessarily as prominent, which for some people uh, we may actually prefer. Yeah, for sure. I like as someone personally, I enjoy not that I, there are some things that you see me do publicly and I enjoy those too, but there's something, yeah, just uniquely, enjoyable actually for me for behind the scenes contribution that I find very meaningful. And I think it's a unique opportunity for community, for people who are similar to you, who you think you're maybe in an anomaly in the church because of the public thing, like volunteer places that you see, you think, oh, that's, those are the only ones. But I think this is a great opportunity for people to find community and meaningful involvement through these behind the scenes ways that they enjoy. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, let's shift gears because uh, yesterday was our church's annual general meeting. And I know that that marks, I realize you've got some residual work after that, but that, that marks kind of the end of a season uh, for you. That's, that's probably your busiest time of the year. Talk yep. to all of us about what your, again, behind the scenes contribution to the AGM has looked like for these past few weeks. So a major part of it is that I work with the uh, company, our auditors, our accountants that do our independent audit each year. So they have a process that they do that we start at the beginning of December. Um, and then it ended yesterday, or sorry, that is, it ended Wednesday um, with meeting with the board for them. So that couple of months, I guess, I'm working with them. They're here on site for a couple of weeks through the beginning of the year. So just helping them get what they need in order to perform that audit each year is a big part of what I do, as well as helping us get all the 2021 actual reporting documents together. Um, As we go through discerning the budget for the future, we need those that information as well as being a part of then the budget development process as we do that as a church staff team um, to get ready for the AGM. 
when you say it's the the busiest time of year for you, or when I say it's the busiest time mm-hmm. for year of the year for you, what does that compare to in the rest of the year? Because I mean, oh, the rest of the year it's payroll and all of yep. the regular accounting rhythm. Um, you know, when you add all this audit and all this, how do things really get? I won't say overwhelming because you're kind of a pro at it by now, but uh, <laughs> describe just the added load. Yeah, I think the day to day, just the things that are going on, payroll, all those things that we do each year, stat, like all throughout the year, staff role changes, contributions weekly, all those weekly, daily, monthly rhythms, those continue as they do through the year. And then you're adding this additional project basically of running the audit getting the budget documents together then implementing what all of that means as far as payroll and with staff and things like that so it's basically a, a pretty hop in day-to-day generally in finance and hr here and then we're adding this these additional projects and things to do in order to kind of get this um process done from start to finish so it's a busy couple of months for sure but uh definitely keeps us on our toes and you just kind of remind myself when I feel those feelings of maybe that I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's like, this is the season. And like you say, we've done this before. So we just kind of, kind of work the steps in that sense and uh, just uh, do our best to bring our best every day. When you talk about the audit, I mean, this is an independent audit. So we have mm-hmm. a, an independent auditing firm come in, yep. um, knowing how close to it you are. What, what would you want church members listening to know about this audit process and really the role of independent people combing through our books. Yeah, the role and I think the importance of independent people for members to know is that they are like truly independent. They have a process that's governed by like generally accepted counting principles that they have to follow that are specific to not-for-profits and they go through those steps or what is involved in that, all things like asking us lots of questions, reviewing our internal controls and providing feedback on ways that things that we can improve or things that they observed that they provide the feedback to our board of elders. And we have in the past based on their recommendations and could we continue to do even this year, make tweaks to some things we do in order to make sure that we are doing the best practices for -for not-for-profits in the financial process so that members and anybody really who would give money to us would can trust us and know that we are following things that are governed by somebody who's outside of us taking a look and just making sure that everything is being as it should be. It's nice to be affirmed by someone who really knows what they're doing, isn't it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I certainly find that encouraging. Yes. Yeah. Um, For someone who missed the AGM yesterday, um, what would be the synopsis that you would want to update them on? I'd say you missed a good time. Like Jeff said, some of us <laughs> some of us actually do enjoy these types of things. And more than just fun that I'm kind of joking about maybe is that it's a really important aspect of being a part of the life of our church to take to participate in these things. So hearing from our leadership yesterday, Temple of Our Elders renewed, and it's hearing from them and their heart for leadership and just from the people who do oversee everything that goes on here, you're hearing from them. And then we're participated in the important part of accountability around affirming those folks as well as affirming our budget. Those are just really important things um, as members of the church to be participating in in order to make sure that, um, yeah, we're all in this together. We need all of us to be on board and just bought into what we're doing here at Southridge in order for us to make a difference. So I think this is a really important part of 
what that means. When I think about our church and even the leaders who listen in on these conversations, I know all of us have been wrestling with how to navigate the pandemic. And that has a, a financial dimension to it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, um, for sure. Talk about for this year, kind of how our financial situation landed and, and hopefully leaders listening can benefit by entering into a conversation about church finances from another church that isn't theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say overall how we landed, um, I mean, based on what we thought at the beginning of the year, we thought, as all of us did, I'm sure that it could not last a whole year of 2021 as it did in 2020, and yet it did. Um, so I feel like with all of that, we feel pretty good about where we landed. Um, we landed with a slight profit, so we feel good about that, that in that sense of that we didn't, we were able to manage well the revenue that we were were entrusted with. And of course, it wouldn't have been, and that year wasn't what any of us would have wanted it to be in, in many aspects of the year. But overall, I think that we feel pretty good about where we landed. Yeah, when I think back to our conversations a year ago, it, 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 it felt like 2021 would be the same but opposite to 2020, mm. right? 2020 started full steam ahead for a, a quarter or so. And then you kind of had three quarters pandemic affected. And it felt like this year with the reopening, it's going to be the opposite. You know, 2021, we're going to start pandemic affected, but eventually we're going to reopen and then we'll be all systems go. And for me, I guess what I've been describing to people is the fact that we reopened earlier than just a a last quarter of the year meant that our expenses were probably higher than the year before. Mm. But the fact that we didn't reopen as fully as when we started 2020 meant that the revenue didn't really ramp up probably as much as we had been used to, especially uh, in that last quarter and that last month of the year, which is so significant for us. And so it feels like at our scale, you know, you have a little less revenue and a little higher expenses and things get a lot tighter than the year before, don't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. In the last month of the year, like you said, with the Omicron variant, that really you know, when we bring in a good chunk of our revenue in December, that really, really affects things when you have a lot of that uncertainty around what people feel about being in person and things like that. So yeah, it was yeah, definitely challenging. Yeah, like for church leaders listening, good chunk is translated like a quarter of our annual revenue. A quarter of our revenue comes in the last month. And so when Omicron hits early in December and all of a sudden you're making decisions about whether you even have Christmas services in person or not, uh, you you know that there's going to be challenges financially, and and uh, certainly we experienced some of that in those those uh, final weeks. I, I guess the big question is, from your seat, like, do you feel that 2022 can be a year of economic recovery in our church or in churches in general? I feel optimistic, and I am hopeful that it can be. And yeah, like, I mean. It seems in the world that it seems to be getting a little more under control and therefore people hopefully will be able to feel more comfortable to reopen and we can go back to whatever a new normal version of what it means to be church community. And so I would would hope and believe that it could. Thankfully, we've learned the difference between optimism and hope. Exactly. So, I know. I chose my words. Yeah, we're being there. optimistic. Exactly. <laughs> right. Optimistic. Yeah. Um, let's get into a few of the particulars of our budget too, because I know that this is significant both for our members and for leaders outside of Southridge. Um, When it comes to our church's budget, we often discuss this thing we call the budget pie, 
What does that mean? What are we talking about when we're referring to our budget pie? The pie is a breakdown of the various, I guess, categories of the way that we spend our money. Um, so there's the operations, salaries, programs, things like that. So we have a division of kind of percentages that we'd hope to kind of have our pie of our budget each year structured based on that. And so we use that kind of as the guiding principles as we put our budget together. And what would you want to say this year in relation to the budget that we set compared to this template pie that we often try to, to pattern after? I think with a lot of the uncertainty that we've been talking about over the past couple of years, for sure going into this year, um, we are a little maybe leaner in, in the funding towards our programs and, and a little higher on the staffing and just trying to even sort out where we are at as a church. It's so hard to know those things um, just because of the last couple of years. So we're just trying, we know that we're I'm watching those things for sure this year, but that is something that is compared to the pie, maybe a little less than what the estimates we would hope for, but we're uh, just trying to discern and have wisdom to know going forward, kind of even yeah. what as a church we should be doing in these regards. Yeah. And full transparency to people who are listening, like 2021 was a budget where we reduced scale significantly from our pre-COVID budget scale. And we basically organized 2021 around the revenue that had come in in 2020. And so last year, you know, again, little less revenue, little higher expenses. Uh, we found ourselves in less of a favorable, although still positive uh, financial situation than the, the, the year end at 2020. And so we've reduced scale again and done that the COVID language is out of an abundance of caution, I would say. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're trying to be as responsible and, and really not set ourselves up to, to only rebound or bust, right? Like we're, right. this may be a slower roll or whatever. So, um, you know, we're kind of moving forward in that direction, but, but it's difficult. Church leaders will know this. It's difficult to reduce scale mm -hmm. when, when, you know, inflation means costs go up not just you know, garden variety salaries if you apply an inflation, but, you know, heat and hydro and overhead and insurance mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. And so, you know, with, with costs always kind of drifting up to reduce scale without full stage, like, staff cutbacks uh, is, is really challenging. And so we've tried to kind of dance that dance. We haven't made any new hires, but what that means is, that we are running a little thinner on programs and that mm -hmm. staffing component of our pie uh, is starting to get a little bit inflated from, from what, where we would like it. And so in the coming years, we're going to, again, need to kind of right size that. I know you've been through this enough to know that in different years, we've kind of accordioned some of these, some of these uh, different pie components where they inflate a little bit and then we can kind of rein them mm -hmm. in and, and yeah. sort of right size them over time. So the, the, the pie does serve as kind of a guide mm -hmm. uh, e even over many years, not just year to year by year. Yeah, for sure. Um, we also have a mortgage and uh, I don't know how other churches approach debt load, but uh, what would you want to say just about our debt reduction and even in recent years where we're at and, and, and where that's headed? I would say that debt reduction um, has always been something that we that has been important to us. 
not all, not necessarily like the main thing that we talk about a lot, but it's definitely been something that we have our eye on knowing that reducing the mortgage frees up that money in our budget to be able to be doing some of these other programs and things like that. So we are definitely intentional and wanting to um, be getting that reduced. And I feel really great actually where we are at our mortgage. And um, at this point where we've been able to get it to is that a large portion of the monthly payment that we do make is going onto the principal of the mortgage. So that make feels good that we're making good progress on paying down the actual loan and being able to see um, yeah, that going down every year in a decent amount. Yeah. Without any kind of additional investments. We're probably four years away from paying this thing off in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, this mortgage is a product. Again, you talk about accordions. Every time we do a project, we relocate. That mm-hmm. incurs cost. We expand multi-site, adopt a church. That incurs cost. Renovate, that incurs. So, you know, you're, you're inflating cost and reducing cost in, in, in those capital items. And uh, to be at a point, you know, even in a few years where we've got three viable facilities, three viable, uh, you know, kind of fully orbed locations across Niagara that ultimately mm-hmm. will be debt free. That's going to, that's going to feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to add specifically about our shelter finances? Cause we don't talk about that as much. And I guess knowing how much the capacity of that ministry has been expanding, uh, what would you want people to know? What I would want people to know is that the shelter is part of the church finances and that's the audit that we talk about, the day-to-day things, the finance and HR staff and volunteers of the church. The shelter is all part of that. So it's one kind of team of people that's looking after that. Um, And it's been growing in scale um, in the last couple of years, which is a great ministry opportunity and a way for us to just continue to help support those experiencing homelessness in Niagara, which is great. Um, And as well, what we talked about yesterday at the AGM, and we mention every year there, is that the church contributes um, to the overhead and the operating costs of the shelter of close to $200,000 this past year. Um, And that's things like the hydro and, and water. And a lot of those overhead costs is part of the church's operating budget. So I think that's really important for people to understand that we do have um, skin in the game, or we put our money where our mouth is, however you want to say that, um, regards to the ministry of the shelter here in Niagara. Yeah, to be abundantly clear, we, we don't make money on the backs of serving right. homeless people. Uh, we actually have hundreds of thousands of dollars of donor dollars that are invested uh, mm-hmm. into the shelter for the operations and the, the full scale of that ministry, which we're thrilled to do, but it's good to clarify, mm-hmm. uh, especially to members and, and uh, people from our church family who are listening. Mm -hmm. Um, final thing I want to talk about in the last few minutes is, uh, how we as a church fund this budget. And it's kind of an interesting conversation knowing that as the former, uh, director of finance and and (laughs) HR, uh, you've been the only person on our staff who actually sees the financial contributions of people. I have no idea what people contribute. Um, Mm -hmm. and we do that, uh, for an anonymity that I think in our context, helps us pastor better and more objectively. Um, mm-hmm. But knowing that you're the, you've got the secret Jedi information on that. Um, <laughs> what have you been noticing, even like as far as giving trends and things like that throughout the pandemic? 
I think one thing that I've noticed or been pleasantly surprised or just grateful for, I guess, is that the consistency that people do continue to give, even in the times that we've been online and things like that, the intentionality with which people um, have been doing that. I've been super grateful, actually, probably just a year or so before, in the year before COVID hit, we really were intentional about getting some electronic options of giving available to people, knowing that's how a lot of people do their finances. So it's been great to see how people have utilized that and then that's helped them in their their stewardship and in their giving to the church. So it's been remarkable to see just people consistently still engaging in that way. Um, and also not being in person though, you do see the difference of just what even passing the bag in a Sunday morning, just what that is still uh, uh, something that really does matter as well. So I think that does affect it, but yeah, that's what I would say overall. Yeah. For church leaders listening, if you're wondering in your context, you know, whether there's a difference between in-person gatherings versus online only uh, we've certainly experienced that here at Southridge. And that's Mm -hmm. part of what I think we're navigating as we're trying to forecast, whether this is going to be a year of, rebuilding momentum in person and and as a result economic recovery mm-hmm. um for givers who are listening who are probably weary from the pandemic um what would your encouragement be for faithful financial stewardship my encouragement would be to remain faithful or maybe re-engage if maybe it just with covid all the things it's just been something that's maybe been off your radar in that way i just think all of those things that we all so desperately are craving, the relational connections, the community, um, the way that we want to help those in need as a church, how we are intentional about wanting to be the hands and feet of Jesus. In order to do that, practically speaking, our faithful financial stewardship is a huge part of that. And I think for ourselves as well, it's like I said before, each of us as individuals putting our money where our mouth is or having our skin in the game of those ways that God kind of wants to grow us and the ways even just not for our own benefit, but how relationships matter so much and that being part of a community in this way allows those relationships to thrive and be possible in a way that I don't think we can do in the same way as individuals. Now, what some people might not be aware of is that we have the capacity to to help people navigate greater financial stewardship. And I know even personally, this is a, a passion area of yours, what could someone do if they wanted to be more consistent, more faithful, more generous in their financial giving and investing a greater degree of their resources into what God's up to, uh, particularly here at Southridge? Sure. Yeah. They could reach out to myself or they could reach out to the location pastor and we can have a conversation about accessing supports um, in this area for you, whether it's through, I know we've had in the past, some short-term groups that focuses on this in our life group ministry, or even folks that we could maybe connect um, you with individually to help walk alongside with you. But yeah, for sure, reach out to us and we'd love to have a conversation with you. Fantastic. Hey, uh, as the new acting ministry services director, do you have any final encouragements or challenges either to our members or even to broader leaders listening when it comes to making the most of a local church's or a ministry's financial capacity in the coming year? Yeah, I would say spend some time. I'm not much of like a New Year's resolution person, but maybe at the beginning of the year, um, just to take some time to uh, reevaluate even prayerfully 
your lifestyle and how and look at your finances kind of through that lens of stewardship or through that lens of wanting to be more all in in your local church community for the way that God is working I would say uniquely here at Southridge or wherever you are in your own context I think sometimes we can get just into the routine of this is kind of how we've done things and it kind of works for us from a financial perspective but I think to be really intentional of even challenging yourself in ways that you could maybe downgrade your lifestyle a little bit from the way you spend your money in order to help invest in upgrading the lives of, of those in need um, through the local church, I think is something that I would challenge people to just, that's a practical thing that we can do and just even talk to people you're in relationship with, whether it's roommates or your partner or other friends or whatever, to kind of make it an open conversation of challenging yourselves together, even just to do that. That's fantastic. Kath, I know in the coming weeks, you've got some time away planned. Yes. On behalf of all of us here at Southridge, <laughs> we wish you a great time away and hope that you can Thank get you. to a, a bit of a, an emotional finish line here. It's been a, a, certainly a busy season for you and we, we appreciate all the load that you carried. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks uh, to all of you joining in and uh, we'll see you back here in seven days time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Take care.